Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. We have reached the month of November. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to me. The election's on Tuesday. That's crazy. And uh, our football season is rapidly cascading to the second half of the year. Matt Berteram, good to see you. Good to hear you. For Justin Podcast Land, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 7-0. and they got by the Ravens 28-24, and it's a real conversation now in Baltimore. And you've been teeing this up for a long time, by the way, that they just might have a quarterback problem with the Ravens. I mean, Lamar Jackson, 13-28, to couple of interceptions, and he's just had trouble throwing the football for a while. And today it really cost the Ravens a ballgame. So I, I am leading Stack in the Box, the written version, on Monday morning over on fanside.com with this about both quarterbacks, which we'll touch on here in a second. But for Jackson, it's not enough. They're not going to beat good teams with him throwing the ball the way through the ball today. And by the way, he also lost two fumbles in the red zone. Like These are killer mistakes. You cannot do this. The Ravens dominated this game. Dominated it. They outgained the, the Steelers 457 to 221, had the ball for 35 and a half minutes, had 25 first downs. They, they, they went 8 of 15 on third down. The Steelers went 3 of 9. They lost the game because Lamar Jackson had four turnovers. And at some point, not that turnovers have been a huge problem for him because they haven't, to be fair. This is by far probably the, the worst game he's ever had. In fact, it is the worst game he's ever had in that department. But he's not winning on the outside enough. They are not doing it. And I thought the penultimate drive of the game for Baltimore, second second last offensive drive, was very emblematic of their struggle. So they drove the ball all the way down the field, down 28-24. With a, the drive started like seven and change to go, and it went under the two-minute warning. And they didn't throw the ball one time, which was fine because they were running at will, but they get down in the red zone. It's fourth and three. And they called a running play because they just have no faith in either him throwing the ball or their receivers getting open. Well, you've had a million opportunities to address these receivers and have it. So I'm assuming that you feel okay about your receivers. You don't feel good about him throwing the football. And then they get the ball back because he ends up fumbling on the play and and the Steelers recovered. It would have been a turnover on downs anyway. Then they end up getting the ball back. No timeouts, about a minute to go, 60 yards to go. And Jackson is just throwing, like, underneath routes. And time runs out, essentially. I mean, they did have one throw to the end zone. It got broken up. But I, I just look at Baltimore and say they have to play such a specific way to beat teams that are really good. And if it doesn't go that way, they can't do it. And today I thought was was very symbolic of that. J- Jackson just could not beat them throwing the ball, and he made too many mistakes. Well, and we also have uh, some unhappy Baltimore Ravens. I mean, Marquise Brown is tweeting out, yes. what's the point of having soldiers when you never use them? And then he puts it in parentheses, never, exclamation point, exclamation point. And, okay, he did not talk to the media after the game using his platform. He had one catch with a three-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, you got some unhappy people over there, which is not great for any team, let alone a Super Bowl contender. You didn't think this – I mean, I didn't see this coming for the Ravens, but that's where they're at. I'm not shocked that they're where they are as a team. I picked Pittsburgh to win the division. Now, I think Baltimore is very good. But Baltimore is limited in the way they can play offensively. And, and now, look, I don't also want to get too far outside the box of what happened in this game. Baltimore ran for 265 yards. They outplayed Pittsburgh, but they lost because of the pick six to start the game. They lost because of some of the other mistakes Jackson made. That all said, I'm looking big picture, right? If you want to just talk about this game, this game comes down to Jackson's four turnovers. But big picture, the Ravens have to be able to throw the football. Signing Des Bryant to their practice squad is not curing these ills. They need to be able to win multiple ways. And right now, it's one way. Run the ball like crazy, blitz like hell, and hope it works. Because if it doesn't work, it's not going to get done. And look, to be fair, it has worked quite a bit the last couple of years. But when they have played really good teams and good defenses, they have not won. Far more often than not. Now, they're going to get a shot at Pittsburgh in a couple of weeks. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. And they play them on, on Thanksgiving night in Heinz Field. So they're going to see them in what? Three weeks, four weeks? Like They're going to see them again. And they're going to have to win because right now, as you mentioned, Pittsburgh's 7-0. Their schedule is very easy. Baltimore is 5-2. and two. Their schedule, easy but a little tougher. Baltimore has to beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh or this division is over. I mean, they're two games behind the Steelers. So, yes, that is obviously true. Um, and they're going to have to get some help even in addition to that. Yes. One stat that just jumps out to me, this was uh, CBS had this one. The Ravens became the first team since at least 1950 to both outrush an opponent by 200-plus yards. 200-plus yards. Yeah. And, and, by the way, outpass them, to your point about Ben Roethlisberger. They actually did outpass them, and they lost. Roethlisberger threw for 182 yards. Jackson threw for 208. And by the way, Pittsburgh didn't exactly, you know, I mean, they outgained him by 200 yards on the ground. 48 yards rushing. Yes. How the hell do you lose this football game? The turnovers. The turnovers. Yeah, I, I, I get that's it. That's it, right? I, I know. I know. I, I get it. It was somewhat of a rhetorical question, but I, that, that's why. You know, and listen, this brings me to what my last point on this game. And I wrote about this as well in Stack in the Box. I hope people will read. Right now, the Steelers are 7 0. They have the best record in the NFL. If Roethlisberger doesn't play better, it doesn't matter because they are not getting through and winning the Super Bowl with him playing the way he's playing. They're not. He's averaging 6.6 .6 yards in attempt. That is 29th among qualified passers in the NFL. It's not, it's not anywhere near good enough. And when you watch the Steelers, they're very good defensively. In fact, I think in some ways great defensively. Their running game is okay. It's not, not great, but it's not going to kill them. Pretty good line. Weapons are good. Problem is, Roethlisberger can't throw the ball more than about five yards in the air without having to just rainbow it 
and get somebody wide open. It's not enough. And they, it wasn't going to be anywhere near enough today if Jackson doesn't turn the ball over the way he does. It's not even close. Like, I, at some point, Pittsburgh, now look, if you look at Pittsburgh from 30,000 feet, you say, well, 7 0. If you look at them from about 5,000 feet, you see they need a fourth quarter to come back to beat Texans at home. Jeff Driscoll almost came back and beat them in a two score deficit in the fourth quarter at Pittsburgh earlier this year. If Goskowski doesn't miss a field goal, that game against Tennessee goes to overtime. Then maybe they win, maybe they lose, but they blow a 20 point lead that they had in the middle of the third quarter because Roethlisberger can't stop throwing picks and the defense can't get off the field. This game, they win because of a million turnovers. That None of that suggests that Pittsburgh's not really good. Pittsburgh is very good. But are they 7-0 and good? No, they're probably not. They're probably more like 5-2-ish and good, which is excellent, by the way. But the warts are real, and the biggest wart is Roethlisberger. Because I can tell you right now in the playoffs, some team is going to say, you are not beating us, throwing the ball short. We don't care. Beat us deep. And he's not going to be able to do it. He has shown no ability to do so. So to me right now, these are two teams that are contenders. But the biggest problem is on the center. Right, but you still have Pittsburgh, at least you have on the rundown here, which Matt Burham does every week, MVP, stack in the box. You wrote Pittsburgh is the favorite for the number one seed. They are. because Well, they are because their schedule's a joke. They're okay. hard games. These are the hard games the rest of you that they have. They're home to Baltimore. Could lose, but home. Home to the Colts. You're going to be favored in that game. At Cleveland, they just beat Cleveland 38-7. to The Bengals twice. To be fair, and we'll talk about the Bengals a little bit, the Bengals have been plucky in every game this year save for the one game against Baltimore. But they're going to be expected to handle both those games. They have Dallas left. They have Washington left. They do play the Bills at Buffalo on a Sunday night, but I think they're better than Buffalo. Like, so I do think the Steelers are going to probably win 14, 15 games. It's just they don't play anybody. They play Jacksonville. They're terrible. Like, it just feels like a really crazy year to me. And it's and and we always talk about NFL week to week. I mean, if we just look sure. at today, here comes Minnesota. Nobody had the Vikings True. winning today, and and they. And not only do they win, I mean, Green Bay made it interesting at the end, but they, they control the game basically the whole way in yep. Lambeau, by the way. No fans, right? But uh, so, I mean, just crazy stuff is happening. Uh, e- even in games that don't matter, like the, Bron- the Broncos and the Chargers today was just straight bananas. I don't know. Th- this just feels like a very different year outside of the fact that, like, things like the Chiefs absolutely crushing the Jets, which uh, did I take did, – did I lose on the Jets? I did, didn't I? I yeah, you thought I, the Jets would cover. Oh, what an idiotic prediction that was by me. I, I th- did, I get, uh, did I get any of them right? I think I might have gotten something I'd right. I'd have to go back and look. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Top, I, think, I think I picked Seattle over the Niners. But all right, let's, uh, let's take a look at the, the Seahawks and the Chiefs, by the way. Russell Wilson today, 261, four touchdowns. Mahomes, 416 five touchdowns and Aaron Rodgers losing to the lions and didn't look all that great. So I, we're down to a two team, two person MVP, right? Right. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I think it is right now. Look, Wilson, four touchdowns today, 261 yards passing. He's up to 26 touchdowns on the year. I don't know how you could say he's not the favorite at the moment. He has to be. I feel like he's been the favorite the entirety of the season. He's been on fire all year long last week in the three picks. But really, other than that, finding a game he hasn't played exceptionally well in. They've already had their bye. He's thrown for over 2,000 yards. I mean, he's on pace, essentially, 
and I'm doing this roughly, but I, he's on pace for about 45, 4,600 yards uh, and, and, and over you know, 50, I believe he's on pace, 55 touchdowns. And then you've got Mahomes, who had five touchdowns and 416 yards against the Jets. Now Mahomes is on pace for 4,600 yards, 42 touchdowns, and two picks. So it feels like whoever plays better the second half of the year is going to happen. I mean, it's a close race. I'd say that Wilson is the favorite. But, yeah, I mean, Mahomes also, they, they play one of the easiest schedules in football. Like, there's definitely a scenario where the last eight games of the year, Mahomes throws 25, 30 touchdowns. He's perfectly capable of it. Yep. There, there, there's, there's no doubt. Um, and to me – uh, you know, Russ is just, I'm just so impressed with the guy, period. I watched his podcast this week. He's hosting an hour and a half podcast with DraftKings, and he's interviewing who they have on there. Uh, Joe Montana was on there, who uh, I got to talk to this week, and he's doing this great job interviewing Montana. And then I'm watching Pete Carroll, the pregame today, Jimmy Johnson's interviewing him. And they're like, you know, hey, Pete, you know, you used to always win with uh, your defense. And now you're, now the Seahawks have no defense, and, and, and you're winning games. So he's like, hey, man. You, you, you got you to gotta play with what you got. And I'm like, that's a great coach, you know? We, you, you have no D, you lean on Russ. And then he's, he's commenting on Russ and, like, this guy every single day, he's just going about his business the right way. From the moment he walked in there, however many years it is now, to, to, to today, he's just yep. always doing his business the right way. Guy, I just I have a lot of respect for the dude. No, I, think we, I, I think we all do, obviously. He's been great. And I, I'm, I totally agree with everything he said. And- you know what? It just goes to show, though, why, and we talked about this on the podcast because I know I'm big on this stuff. Everybody gets so into, oh, this guy started out the season with a good two weeks. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, talk to me about the guys who have, who have staying power. Russell Wilson clearly has staying power, right, and has for a long time. Mahomes has staying power. You look at Josh Allen, who the first month of the year was great, like, he's fallen off a proverbial cliff the last month of the season. Now, he, he's still been better than what he was. But, like, today, 11 of 18, 154 and a pick, okay? Like, Aaron Rodgers, who's great first battle Hall of Famer, but he hasn't been able to sustain, which isn't totally shocking considering it's Devontae Adams and nobody else. Um, you know, we all talk about Ryan Tannehill, who certainly is a good quarterback. Ryan Tannehill today against the Bengals, 18 to 30 for 233, two touchdowns, a pick. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Like some guys are just built to last for the, you know, for the duration in these types of races. Rodgers, I think I would put in the category that he is, although I just don't think he has the support around him. But Wilson and Mahomes, I don't expect anybody to turn that into a three horse race anytime soon. It looks like those two guys are pretty much off and running. Rodgers, for the record today, was 27-41. of 41. I mean, it ain't a bad day. Threw three touchdowns, wasn't picked. I mean. Right. It's, it was, no, it wasn't a bad day. The, the problem is it, they're not as good as those other two teams, and he's not putting up quite the numbers that those guys are. And so that combination is going to make it tough for him. Dalvin Cook was unbelievable today. It was fun to watch him. He 30 – 30 for carries for 163 uh, and just some sweet moves. Uh, Kirk didn't have to do all that much. His numbers look a little bit better than they actually are. But, all right, let's, uh, let's move along to, well, we'll let's stay, stay right, right there. Right the- You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. 
Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's see north. Let's stay right in the north. So, obviously, I watched the entire Bears game from start to finish, and uh, they lost at home. The Packers lost at home. Green Bay scuffling. Uh, I'll let you go first here. How, how do you see this whole NFC North playing out? I, I'm going to hopefully, uh, I think, take up for you here, as I know I, I, what you're thinking haven't worked with you all these years. Look, I, the, the Bears just have to get a quarterback. I don't care what they do. I don't care how they do it. I don't care what it takes. Like, the Jags are reportedly benching Minshew and making him inactive now so they can so they can get a look at Mike Glennon, which is just malpractice. I mean, I cannot believe Jacksonville sitting this guy to play Mike effing Glennon. But in any event, they are. Fitzpatrick's been put on the bench. I don't care what Ryan Pace has to do. I don't care. Like, that defense is a top-five defense in the NFL. And you have to at least show that locker room you're trying. Trubisky sucks. He's not the answer. Foles sucks as much as Trubisky does. Like, you you have to – here. look, I'll, I'll say this, okay? You have to do one of two things. You either have to move heaven and earth to go get a quarterback who's at least an upgrade over those two, and Fitzpatrick and, and, and Minshew certainly would qualify. Or – you have to go downstairs and tell Matt Nagy he's done calling plays. Because you either think it's Nagy or it's these quarterbacks. Now, I am firmly in the camp that the quarterbacks stink. But if you're not going to go get a quarterback, then you have to say, you know what? Bill Lazer's calling the plays. Give him the sheet. You be you. Give him the damn sheet. And if he's not going to do that, then, then I don't know what we're doing here. The Bears are just wasting this defense. Well... Look, uh, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but you, you are bearing at least some part of the lead. The Bears' offensive line is straight shambles. Uh, and so right. so Bobby Massey gets hurt today. That's your right tackle, who wasn't very good, by the way. He's not. Uh, no, he's terrible. But, but now you have somebody who's worse than Bobby Massey out there. Cody Whitehair, who has been durable as hell at center, he didn't play today, missed his first game of his career calf injury. Uh, you, you, the whole damn thing. And then James Daniel is out for the year with a torn pack. So you're missing three guys on a line that already sucked. So, I mean, Foles has that when he was good, it was when he was protected heavily. Uh, he needs the best of it and he's not getting it in Chicago. Trubisky is the same thing. It is hard to play quarterback when you have absolutely no time. That being said, Sitting here watching Nick Foles week in and week out, it's he's obviously not the answer, and he makes some glaring decisions that are just like, oh, my God. And today was just yes, back man. foot, back foot, back foot, back foot, back foot. I mean, it was brutal. Uh, David Montgomery, who's running the football, like, God bless him. The guy's a saint. I mean, he's got – he can barely even breathe, let alone find a hole. So, I mean, they're in trouble. The Bears are just uh, in, in deep, deep trouble. they got to get healthy on the offensive line. They do have more playmakers, though, than they've had. And they had some terrible drops in overtime. If Jimmy Graham catches an e- a 
five-yard nothing pass that he's got to catch. He drops it. Anthony Miller, same thing. Two huge drops in the one time they had the football. They almost snuck out of here with a win. And by the way, I'll say another thing. The Bears kicking situation since the double doink with Cody Parkey has been a nightmare. Cairo Santos is all of a sudden money man. He's not a bad kicker. He wasn't in Kansas City. I mean, he banged a 51-yarder to send in an overtime today against the wind. It was damn impressive. Um, But, you know, if you want to be optimistic, if you're a Bears fan, that the division is still wide open. You still got to play Green Bay two times, but they have to get healthy up front. And, I mean, Aikman's on the broadcast, you know, calling for Trubisky because you're under so much duress that maybe you need a mobile quarterback, which I actually, shockingly, I'm going to say is on the table because if you can't protect – then you can't have a statue back there. Nick Foles is a statue. That's all fair. I think the Packers right now are the better team in the NFC North. I got to so tell I. you. So do I. I, I do, if for no other reason, because Rodgers. Rodgers is just so much better at quarterback than the Bears are trotting out there. It, it's not close. Green Bay is a better team. But I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, though, Carm. I will say this. And I, and I have kind of come more to the middle on this in this argument. The, the Packers are better, but the Bears' defense is approaching levels that it played at two years ago. And, like, if you're that good defensively, you have they had no business being the Saints today. Zero. And they were in overtime with them because the defense just throws up a brick wall over and over and over and over, and over which is why I keep saying, look, I, I don't care what Ryan Pace has to do. I don't care. Call the Saints. What's it going to take for Jameis? Call, like, I don't – anything is better than this. I don't know how you watch them. Like, I was watching that Bears game today. I could care less who won. I wanted to rip my eyes out of my skull watching them try to throw the ball. It's brutal. Nobody on the even when he gets protection, he's hideous. Like it's so bad. If I'm Pace, Minshew, uh, Winston, uh, God, give me. I don't care. They won't Cam do Newton. It. They're not. What gonna is Cam do Newton going to take? They're not going to do it. They. I'm telling you, they won't do it. I mean, I, I don't God. disagree, but they, they won't do it. The other thing about the defense. Um, Khalil Max battle was is battling a, an ankle injury. He sucked today, and the Bears' scheme, which I don't know what you're doing, Chuck Pagano, but they kept on dropping Mac into coverage at times. He is paid to rush the quarterback. You got to go after him. That's what he does, and he's got a bad ankle, and you're putting him in coverage. He looks like a fish out of water, and he can't run. Like it was just bizarre. All right, let's move along. Into the future we go. Should we be worried about the Tennessee Titans where we're starting? Now, you already mentioned the numbers. Uh, yes. it, was not, it was not a good day at all for Ryan Tannehill. And, and, you know, you mentioned, again, Cincinnati. I think I picked the Bengals in our upset thing. 31-20, Cincinnati wins today. Uh, you know, it was uh, <laughs> not the day you were looking for for Tennessee, but maybe you just don't overreact. Are you over, are, what's your reaction to the Titans' loss to Cincy? I'd like to think I'm properly reacting. I don't think Tennessee's in necessarily like in trouble, although it's a horrible loss. Cincinnati, to their credit, as I said earlier, Burrow can play, and uh, they are plucky. They're in every game. They also were without three other starting offensive linemen on a team that can't block at all and didn't have Joe Mixon, and you gave up 31 points. Like that, That's a problem. Okay, You know what else is a problem? That they're giving up more than 60% of third downs, Tennessee is. And in the last two weeks against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, those two teams are combined 23, excuse me, are 23 of 33 on third down against Tennessee. You have no shot if you do that. 
So offensively, like I'm not concerned. Like Henry had a good game, 112 yards rushing. They ran for over 218 yards. Corey Davis had a big game. I'm very worried about him defensively. They can't get off the field. They can't stop anybody. And you look earlier in the year, I mean, they beat the Vikings by a point, 31-30. They beat Jacksonville, 36-33. Like, these are teams that are bad teams. These are bad, bad teams. And they're barely beating them. I think the Titans are a playoff team. But now, all of a sudden, you lose this game. Indianapolis spanks Detroit. You're both 5-2. and two. They play each other twice. You mentioned earlier, too, Tennessee. That schedule's not easy. Um, they play Baltimore. They play Indy twice. They play at Green Bay Week 16 on Sunday Night Football. Like, there are some hard games in there. They barely beat Houston. They gave up 36 points when they see them in Houston. I don't know if they lose to them, but that's an, at least an interesting game. So I, I, I think the Titans are, are a playoff team. But, yeah, I am concerned about the defense. It can't stop anyone. And Indy, let's give them credit. The Colts are good, man. They're not, not overpowering, but they're certainly running the level with the Titans. I mean, to me, that division is yeah. a total – that's a complete coin flip. So um, I, I'm with you. I think they're, they're a playoff team. Gets colder. That offense is going to play. Derrick Henry is going to play. And maybe Phillip Rivers doesn't play as well. Certainly not on the road as well. I mean, the Dome will make him all, – all, all, he'll be comfortable there. But um, they, they, had a, they had a chance here to get themselves a win against Cincinnati. They didn't do it. Indy, Indy did beat the Bengals. So there's that. Um, all right. What about the Patriots? They were right there. Buffalo had a great chance to – be the Bills against them, but they came through. Cam with a big fumble. What do they do? The trade deadline is Tuesday. Uh, the question on the table is, do they have a fire sale in the next 48 hours? I don't think they have a fire sale. I think if Stephon Gilmore is healthy, and he, I say that because he missed this game, he tweaked his knee. If he's healthy, I think they trade him. I think he's gone. Because Bill, if you know anything about Belichick, He's not going to play sentimental favorites here. And they need draft capital. They need to shed salary. They already screwed with that contract a little bit. Makes you think this might be his last year there anyway. They're going nowhere. They're two and five. I think anybody with value they can trade is toast. Like that. Edelman's not going anywhere. He's on IR. Um, Joe Thune's another one. The guard on, on the franchise tag is an all-pro player. If they get any kind of value, I could see the one of them being traded. But Gilmore, to me, if you're, if you're the Pats and you get a high second rounder, late first rounder, I think you're probably looking at a second. But it, you got to do it. Like you need, They need picks. They need to rebuild this team. This team is going nowhere. They have no offense. Zero. Yeah, it's uh, – you had to have today. You absolutely had to have it. They yeah. didn't get it. Uh, it's it's got to be a crusher for Cam too. You're, I mean, you're you're at Can least we stick at, a fork in him. By the way, I guess I it, guess it's uh, it's over. I mean, you you at bare minimum were going overtime, and it looked like they were going to win the damn football game. Fumbles, uh, that's it. And then right, give it away. Uh, so I don't know what Bill Belichick's thinking right now. I, obviously, I haven't talked to Bill. He has, me and him are not on the uh, on the wavelength, but. Uh, I, I would think that he's probably open to everything. I don't think he lives a delusional lifestyle right now. So let, let's uh, let's stay in that division though and talk about the Dolphins and Tua. Miami today improves to four and three, which is impressive. And the Rams played well last week. By the way, they kicked the crap out of the Bears, but uh, you know, travel cross cross country, whatever you want to say. Twenty eight seventeen Dolphins. Um, Tua, 
I don't know how much you got to see him uh, of that game, Varim. How much did you see? Because I'm, I'm not, all, a, a little bit. I'll go back and watch it here in the next couple of days. I did not watch a lot of it live. Because I mean, I, I've watched like the first, you know, the the, the two a highlight reel. He looks okay. I mean, that's I, I'm, generous. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't it doesn't. He certainly doesn't jump off the page like this is the guy. That's from what I what, what, I, what I'm so, seeing. It's one game. Let's not go nuts. But he was. I mean, let's call it what it is. Too. Let's not BS it. He wasn't good. He was terrible. Uh, he went twelve of twenty two. For 93 yards, 4.2 yards in attempt, and a touchdown. They never had a drive over 33 yards. It was not good. How the hell did okay. they win the game? They won the game because they had a fumble return for a touchdown and a special team score for a touchdown. Um, they, they were atrocious. They were outgained 471 to 145. He had, uh, he had a lot of drops here, Verim. I'm literally watching the highlights as we're talking. I'm seeing bad, uh, just terrible receiver play here. I mean, but, the Rams had 31 first downs to eight, outgained them 471 to 145, but the Rams had four turnovers. Like, that crap will get you killed. And if you go back and look, so the Rams were up 7 nothing. They throw a pick. That's when the Dolphins score on the 33-yard drive. They score a touchdown, six-play drive. Then the Rams fumble the ball, gets run back for a touchdown. Then they punt, it gets brought back for a touchdown. So before Tua goes from being 7-7 on the field to 21-7, okay? And then the Rams fumble at at uh, their own 31. The ball gets brought back to the Rams' one-yard line, and, and the Miles Gaskin one-yard run gives the Dolphins their last touchdown. So essentially three defensive scores or special team scores in the game. And that's where we are. But Tua was not good. Now, one game, we'll see. But he did not play well. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, you know, the Dolphins are in the playoff chase here. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, I get it. You want to develop Tua. But there's no way he's as good as Fitzpatrick right now. No, no not chance. Not, not I, mean, I mean, so. Which makes you think you got to think of the rest of that locker room. Right. Because those guys are playing to try to get to the playoffs and trying to win, and they get it with Tua. But, like, you're going to have some pissed-off guys in that room if they're playing hard and they're losing these games because Tua's out here throwing for 90 yards. Like, that's real in the NFL. These these careers are short. They're going to be pissed. So the Dolphins have to be careful about that. Yeah, and the, most of these throws are just, I mean, dink-dunk city here. There's yeah. there, there's yeah. not a lot, There's not a whole lot going on. All right, let's let's go on to the Saints. You're asking if they're a contender in the NFC. Uh, they certainly weren't impressive today, but they got it done against a Bears team that was just brutal, absolutely we t- brutal. Yeah, we talked a lot already about this game. I I will be brief. I think I have to say yes because they're five and two, and they've got a lot of really good players on this team, some great players on this team. And they haven't had Sanders and Thomas for a while. 
Thomas. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations since week one but if this team doesn't massively improve they're they're going nowhere they're they're just they're not good defensively and offensively they're very limited now again i want to see them with sanders and thomas but to me they are distinctly the fourth team in the nfc right now at best well who's your number one team in the nfc right now tampa I mean, it makes sense, but I look to me the NFC is wide open. Like literally, anything can happen. However, I did come, a, I did not come out of uh, watching the game today thinking, oh my God, the 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 Saints are overpowering. Like the Bears should have picked off Breeze five times. They, yeah, he, was, they, he was not good. I mean, they had so many opportunities that it didn't happen. New Orleans ain't winning the Super Bowl. I'll just say that. Uh, so sure, playoff team, but a contender to take the whole damn thing. No. But at the same time, like, I don't know who you fly up right now in the NFC. I guess you could say Tampa, but... Tampa, Seattle, to me, are the top two teams. Yeah, no, it's fair. It's, it's fair. But, again, Seattle's defense, huh, and, and... Yeah, they're horrible. I mean, is Tampa really... I don't know. I, I feel like I need to see more. Maybe I should just jump in here and, and be a believer. But they're, they're certainly the most well-balanced team. There's no doubt about that. But I, I'd still throw out that like literally anything's possible in the nfc all right in or out chargers have a voodoo curse on them how the hell do you make drew lock look like joe montana is prime as the broncos come back with 21 in the fourth to beat the chargers 31 30 ouch dude i don't know what's going on like the chargers just suck they have more talent than any bad team i've ever seen and they can't win a game they they are the AFC's equivalent of the Falcons. They're up twenty four to three in the in the third quarter. Lindsey then rips off a fifty five yard touchdown run with six minutes left. Twenty four to ten. Chargers punt the ball. Broncos throw a pick, not to be outdone. Okay, in the red zone, Herbert then throws a pick for a touchback. Denver takes the ball, mind you. Okay, now we're in the fourth quarter. Nine plays, 80 yards, touchdown, capped off a uh, nine-yard touchdown pass by Locke, who, who, by the way, is not a good quarterback, okay? He's, he's just not good. And it's somehow, like, the, the Chargers can't stop him. But then the Chargers go down and get a field goal with, with eight minutes left. You're like, all right, 27-17, like, here we go. Game's just about to be over. Nope. Here comes a two-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. Again, to a guy, 40-yard touchdown pass, Deshaun Hamilton. What? 27-24. But then the Chargers put together a 12-play, 60-yard drive, take off five minutes, 30-24. to 24. You're like, okay, this game's in the bag. Nope. Because on fourth and four from the Chargers' 18-yard line, Locke just heaves it to the end zone, desperation, seven seconds left. Pass interference, untimed down on the one KJ Hamler with the touchdown, 31 30 ball game. 
How do you do this? It's impossible, the Chargers. Do you know that the last six times – I saw this on Twitter. I don't remember who tweeted. The last six times they've led by 16 points, they've lost every game. It's impressive. So put me in for the curse. There's something going on, and I believe in curses when you leave cities that deserve football teams and go to ones that yes. don't. So there you go. Just all kidding aside, real quick, Anthony Lynn, this did for him this year? I don't know. He's pretty well respected. He uh, is. So, and well liked. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure, but I guess it's absolutely on the table when you have this many. It has to be, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, it if, does. You, if you can't win these games, and I, and look, I, I don't know Anthony Lynn at all. I've heard great things about him. I met him once. Um, it, it, and he was very nice, very pleasant. But if you if you can't hold on to 16-point leads, that's kind of it, isn't it? It's a bad one. It's you're that's, always you're always staring at the coach in that scenario. So uh, especially he, when it's when it's a thing that happens all the time. Yep. Like yep. once, okay, like, like, weird things happen six times, six times. It's not wrong. good. So let's go on to the Cleveland Browns. Let's do it. In or out, the Browns are going to be re- are going to really, 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 really miss Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, today was Baker going twelve to twenty five. They scored six points, lost to the Raiders uh, after a great win last week. By the way, uh, albeit against the Bengals, but uh, it it feels like they're going to miss him. Jarvis Landry led the Browns in receiving today with four catches of fifty two yards. So I'm in on this. I'm not so much even pointing at this game. The weather was atrocious. The wind was crazy off the lake in Cleveland. There was hail at some points. But like that all said, yeah, they're going to miss them because now teams aren't as worried about having to put two high safeties. They can double Landry. They can drop an extra defender in the box. They can take away the run more. That's going to force Mayfield to have to throw him passing downs. Like That's, that's definitely going to hurt. I don't think there's any way around that. And, man, I just look at them, and it's just – every time I'm in on Cleveland, I watch a game like today, and they score six freaking points. Like, I don't I don't give a you-know-what about the weather in that regard. You play in Cleveland. You better be able to score some points when the weather's not great. They scored six points against the Raiders team that can't stop anybody. And that's – you know what? Maybe Cleveland ends up making the playoffs. I'm not saying they won't. Maybe they do. That's the kind of game that comes back to bite you in the ass in December. You're at home. If you beat the Raiders, you go up two and a half games on the Raiders in the wild card race. And you have the breaker. That's a huge, huge game. Now, you're tied in the loss column, and they have the breaker. Like, that stuff... (laughs) That stuff really, really matters. And I, I just, you know, they don't have Odell. And, and, and in the last game, obviously, he got hurt really early. And Baker throws five touchdowns. And everybody's like, well, now they're – no, they're not. It's stupid. Like, I, look, Beckham, I'm a guy who's kind of cold on Beckham sometimes. I think he does too much crap, and it, and it causes some, some weirdness. I think he's focused on some of the wrong things. That said, he's a great player. Not having him is not going to help. So, yeah, I'm in. It's going to be a major problem for Cleveland. I mean, the field was not in bad shape today. They, no, it was more about the wind and and the, the some of the sleet and whatnot. Okay, but the field the field conditions in terms of like on their feet, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, and I 
there was some crazy, crazy field goal tries with the wind just taking yeah. it. <laughs> so I guess that's all fair. But, I mean, come on, Baker. You, you, you can't uh, – that, that's just a game the Browns should have had. Anyway, uh, all right, moving on to Jimmy Garoppolo. And the in or out is he isn't the answer – for San Francisco. I'll tell you, Joe Montana teed him up in such a way that I will always say that Jimmy Garoppolo is out from now on. I mean, Montana just blistered him when I talked to him last week. So Would you, would you like to share that with the crowd here? Well, he, I just said, you know, I asked him a very bland question. Hey, uh, does, you know, Jimmy need to be a little bit better for the Niners to get to where they want to go this year? I mean, it wasn't like, I was like, you think Garoppolo? And he was just like, yeah, the guy's just, you know, he's had a lot of chances. And, and and just, you know, I mean, he, I forget exactly what he said, the, the direct quote, but it was not, it wasn't, I was just sitting there like kind of with my mouth agape, like, wow, you really don't think Garoppolo is any good. So, um, and today they, I mean, they put up 27, but, you know, in a shootout, it ain't going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, far be it for me to, to disagree with my childhood hero. Uh, I'm, I'm very jealous of you, by the way, you got to interview Joe Montana. I love Joe Montana. I, I'm not afraid to admit. Huge man crush. You have uh, next time. He, he's always promoting something for him. Next time he comes around, he's all yours, pal. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I, I will I will openly weep during the interview. Um, Be very unprofessional. <laughs> Look, I'm out on Garoppolo. I put this on here because he's not a bad quarterback, but there's just too many games where he's like a complete non-factor. Right? I, oh, I, the Niners in this game, they're missing guys. I get all that. You're 11 to 16 for 84 yards with a pick. Now I get he got hurt and had to leave. And then Mullins comes in and, by the way, goes 18 to 25 for 238, and two touchdowns. I just cleans house in the fourth quarter. All that came in the fourth quarter for Mullins. Like, it's just, I just look at Garoppolo. I watched a lot of that game. I watched quite a bit of it, actually, before Seattle really put him away. Like, at no point were you like, yeah, he's going to make some plays in this game. Just zero. Like, no point at all did you think Garoppolo was going to win that game or even threaten to win it. I mean, listen, they had, he had a Super Bowl on his arm, and he missed the throw. And he's never going to live it down. And I don't know how you could ever really have confidence that he's going to turn the, the corner and be a, a difference-making quarterback. It's just not him. I mean, I think no. that's it, – it, it's not. He's a guy. Yeah. Uh, all right, last one. Tampa Bay will win by 20-plus points on Monday Night Football versus the Giants. I was on the record, so I can't stay off it. I, I, I picked the Giants as one of my upset-to-cover teams this week. So I have to say out. Where are you going on it? Oh, in, in. They're going to do things to the Giants that normally is on a paywall, okay? that I expect that game to be like 31-3. to They're going to blitz the daylights out of Daniel Jones. I won't even go too far into this. I, I am in. I think Tampa and Kansas are the two best teams in the league by a margin – and I, I think Tampa Bay will show why on Monday Night Football. All right. That is our Sunday night extravaganza. Thank you for putting it on the podcast. I'm guessing you're listening Monday morning or whenever you're listening. As uh, week eight of the NFL is just uh, – it has been a thing today. I, I, the Bears put me through the ringer today, man. Uh, anything going on in the Verderam life that you no. want to share? I think like everybody here in, in America, uh, ready for Tuesday. I, Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now, 
Okay, and I'm not. This isn't a political thing. So if you if you don't like my politics, and you follow me on Twitter. You know where I stand on this. Um, I work till one o'clock, then I vote on Tuesday. Okay, I am not someone who is a drinker. I'm not. Never have been. I mean, college, I guess, to some degree, but it's certainly not a, not a drinker when I'm just by myself. Never have been ever at any point in my life. I've probably this year had maybe a six pack worth of beers. So that that's how much I drink very frequently. I am going to go out. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get a bottle of fine rum. I'm going to get a two liter of Coke. I'm going to get some limes. I'm going to sit in my office and I'm just going to start pouring. And I'm going to keep pouring until I'm out either of drink or of consciousness on Tuesday evening. I think that's how this is going to go. Because I can't take it. I just can't. And I know I'm going to wake up to, to like just a contested election and an absolute crap show. But at least on Tuesday night, I'm just going to put myself in a, in a spot where I'm just not going to care no matter how it plays out. Honestly, I got to think about this. Like, maybe I need to play tennis like all day on Tuesday. I mean, fans said it's been kind enough to give us a half day to go out and vote. Uh, I actually went and voted yesterday because I didn't want to deal with the Tuesday extravaganza. Um, I mean, we know one thing for certain. Joe Biden is going to win the popular vote. Oh, now, yeah, what, for sure. He, he's going, and he might win it by 5 million votes. Yes. Um, but we'll, and I don't want to, I guess nobody wants to hear anyone's politics, so I'll stay out of it. But it, it is, uh, it is, it, it, it feels like it's going to be a day, man. It's, it's unbelievable that it's finally here. Let's just so, say that. I'll leave it at this because I don't, I, this isn't honest. I don't even think this is a politics thing. This is just, I don't even of, mind. I mean, listen, I, you know, if you like Trump, we're not together. That's just the way it is. Well, yeah. And you and I agree on this, but you know, I'll say this here. Here's how I picture Tuesday going, which is why I'm going to go out and get an entire bottle of rum. So here's if you how don't I, drink, if you don't drink, this is going to end terribly. For this you, is not going to end well. No, I'm you're going to be, you're going to be puking. You have a son, you have a daughter. You have she's going to be asleep. She's gonna be asleep. I won't start. I won't. I won't crack the seal on the bottle till she's asleep. My wife. She's seen. She's seen some things. It's, she'll be all right. Um, I. I'm gonna sit down and watch this. And here's here's my very brief synopsis of what I think is gonna happen. We're gonna sit down. We're obviously both Central Time, so six o'clock Central. Most of these shows come on. I'm gonna sit down, turn them on. I'm sure I'll be watching that today anyway. And. You're going to immediately know like Florida, Georgia, Texas, like those are pretty much coming in fast and furious, North Carolina. If there's, it goes one of two ways, either Biden just wins immediately. Like it's very obvious she's going to win and, and then everybody can kind of, okay, settle into the, this and how that's going to go. And then you're going to have a million lawsuits coming in the next two months or it's going to either appear or flat out that Trump is going to look like he's winning here. And Trump's going to come out and give a victory speech at like seven o'clock at night, even though like 80 million votes haven't been counted. And it's just going to be unbelievable. You're going to have like half the news outlets trying to tell people that the race isn't over and the other half are going to be basically just confirming that he won. It's going to be unbelievable. I don't know what to expect, which is why the bottle's coming into play. Well, and I got to tell you, if, if, if it goes the Trump way, how do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Hey, I don't know what's going to happen in Chicago. Um, 
if there's going to be some upset people. And when if it goes Biden's way, uh, you know, in some in some land, I would not want to be uh, out about either. So I'm just hope that people keep a level head here and and realize that as crazy as it is right now and as divided as the country is, it's not life or death, um, even though it feels like it, I think, to a lot of us. So let's let's try to have some level of decorum um, and, 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 and be, uh, listen, uh, as professional as you can be, hey, I guess is how I would put I'll, it. I'll leave the podcast, and I think that's well said on two notes. One, don't be stupid. I don't care who you're voting for, okay? And by the way, for the for the record, if someone's going like, to be stupid for the record, they're not they're going to do it without. No, for the record though, like look, I'll say this because everyone who follows me on Twitter knows I'm voting for Biden. I'm not, I'm not hiding that, okay? Everybody knows how I feel about Trump. But you know what's like I am an independent. Everyone's always, "Oh, you're liberal." I believe me, if you know me and God knows Carm can attest to this, like I am not someone who you would assign like, "Oh, he's really really outwardly liberal." Okay? I'm an independent. I just don't like liars, and I feel like that's what Trump... But my point is, look, two things. Do not go out and do something stupid. This election is not worth your life. It's not worth your job, okay? It is not worth your freedom. Don't do anything idiotic, no matter who you support. Number two, and this is corny, but it's true. We are all Americans at the end of the day. Like, I may vehemently disagree with somebody on their politics. You may vehemently disagree with me. But if you're truly into the spirit of what it means to be an American, you'll defend my right to, to the death to disagree with you, and I will certainly defend yours. Just don't go out and do something that you're going to regret the rest of your life. I Vote, just came Get out there, and then however it plays out, it plays out. And uh, you accept I, that as an American, you move on. All right, I just came up with what I'm doing on Tuesday, which is watching the entire Jordan rookie season, every game I can find, and that's what I'm going to do. Burrab, good to be with you, brother. Hope everybody enjoyed stacking the box. We really, really, really appreciate it when you give a rating and uh, write a comment. And, uh, yes, enjoy your Tuesday. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Uh, for I our will midway. still be working it off. There, there we go. We'll, 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 we'll talk it, work it off, and uh, <laughs> we'll see where we're at. Have a great rest of your day, night, whenever you're listening. Thanks for checking out Stack in the Box. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.